All right, let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday night. We are so close to finishing and ending the regular season. Week 18 is upon us. The Cowboys play on Saturday night. Today, we'll talk about five things. I am calling it the Cowboys playoff resolutions. Five wishes that I have for the Cowboys offense when we get into the playoffs. It has been a struggling unit. We'll talk about it all. We'll talk about five things that I would like to see from this Cowboys offense moving forward. We will also talk a little bit about my comparison situations, the news going around, and we'll talk about one cool thing as every Wednesday night. So thank you for being with me tonight. Thank you for being with me. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for being here. I am seeing a very active chat. Thank you for being here. What is up, YouTube audience? Tom Downey's burner account saying, COVID wears a mask around Micah. And I know that uh, people are going to be a little bit Maybe upset about, C I think it was Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamp sitting sidelines in that. I, I believe it's the Mavericks game, if I'm not mistaken, and they're not wearing a mask either. So Michael Parsons placed in the COVID-19 list, far from ideal, of course, but at least it didn't happen next week, right? At least it is still week 18 we're talking about. Maybe Micah was even going to get some rest regardless Hopefully, the linebacker is okay, and hopefully, there are not more COVID cases coming the Cowboys' way. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, thank you to Charlene Evans. What is up? Hey, Beryl Killer, thank you for your comment. Thank you for your donation. Mauricio, I feel like we are on a death row, waiting to be executed in about a week and a half. Cheer me up. Hey, I think, listen... Look at the rest of the NFC teams. I know that the Cowboys, I wouldn't place them as a top two favorite in the NFC. I would not do that. Definitely not. But I would divide the cow. I, I would divide the NFC into various tiers, maybe. And I would put in the tier of favorites, I would put only the Packers and the Buccaneers. And then I would put maybe the Cowboys and the Rams in the follow-up tier. And then I really don't know where the rest of them fall. Maybe we need to give some respect to the Cardinals. Maybe we need to put them in that tier as well. But I think it's close. Hey, I'm not going to tell you that these are just the Cowboys that are going to be your contenders. I'm not going to do that because I really feel like I shouldn't. But I think that it's a little bit closer than maybe we would assume. But thank you, Beryl, for your comment, for your donation. And also, hey, what is up, Charlene Evans? Thank you for that very generous donation. Thank you for being with us tonight. Shout out to Charlene. Great content. Keep it coming. Hey, Charlene, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys joining the show. I'm from PA2, this is Burner Account. When did we become the Dallas Groundhogs? That is the question over there on YouTube. <laughs> I wish Mo Jerry would sell the team and we hire a general manager. I've given up expecting that to happen. And I think that, to be honest, the Cowboys, even with uh, Stephen Jones as your general manager, he kind of has struggled as well, right? Like in some aspects, because let's be fair, the Cowboys have been pretty good drafting. I think that the Cowboys drafts in recent years 
actually been a bright spot for the for the franchise. Burner account, thank you for your comment and for your donation as well. Mo, we are one of three NFC teams that has not made a conference championship game since 1996. The other two are the Lions and the Washington football team. What did these three teams have in common? And I would assume that Burner account is trying to get, and thank you for your comment and your donation. I would assume that Burner account maybe means, of course, the owners, right? And the fact that they have owners that are constantly involved in controversies, maybe, be, uh, among the fan base, right? That's what I would assume. Shed ownership. That is Burner account giving the answer right there over at YouTube. Also, what is up to the Facebook audience? Kenneth Fraser, good evening. Jessica as well, finally, LOL, good evening. Peter Rizzo over at Facebook as well. Thank you guys for your comments and for your donations over at the YouTube side. Let's get it going. I'm going to skip the video intro for now. Let's start the show officially. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. For a lot more Cowboys content and Mavericks content, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Interesting Wednesday, by the way. There were some comments on what Amari Cooper had to say, and I wanted to start the show off by that. Do you believe that Amari Cooper's quotes on getting the vault, because he kind of followed up with them today on with the press, do you believe that his comments are something or nothing to worry about? Because I've seen all kind of takes revolving around Amari Cooper's quotes. Coop has been saying that, and he said something along the lines of, I can just do what I can do when I get the targets. Like, that's what's in my control. And increasing the number of targets for me is out of my control. Something like that. He, of course, wants to get the ball more often as any number white, any number one wide receiver in just about any team maybe feels, even if privately. But I've seen some people maybe speculate on whether this is similar to a Scott Linehan Des Bryant kind of uh, thing when it happened a few years ago with this same Dallas Cowboys team. So I've seen all, all kinds of takes, and I don't know. To me, it's more close to nothing than it is to something. I think that Amari Cooper is trying to send a message to maybe Callan Moore, to maybe Dak Prescott, that, hey, I want the vault more, I want to contribute more, and I want to be put in a position to be able to do so. But I don't think we should worry about it like we did with the Des Bryant-Scott Linehan thing. I don't think this is in a toxic kind of way, maybe, within the locker room. I think this is just Amari Cooper being frustrated as every other player in this offense might be feeling right now because they're not getting the results that they wanted to get. September, October, they were a top three offense in the NFL just about by any measure that you chose. Since then, they have become the number 13 offense in EPA per play in terms of efficiency. So kind of wondering, what did you guys feel about this? Quotes on getting more often the ball. Uh, is it something or nothing to worry about? Burner account says something. This team loves excuses. And I don't even think that it's about Amari Cooper making an excuse. I think it's more about maybe getting worried about him saying this publicly 
which I'm not. Again, I think that I am leaning towards the nothing side of things because I think that he wants the ball, but I'm not worried about him going out there in public and saying it. Clayton, what is up? He has smashed the like button. Thank you, Clayton. And thank you, guys. Please do so. Make sure you hit the like button. And hey, that helps us get this show in more of more in front of more Cowboys fans. And we can grow the Cowboys community over here. Now, Burl brings up a good point. He doesn't talk much. Maybe they should listen to him. I absolutely think, by the way, that the Cowboys definitely 100% should be trying to get the ball more often to Amari Cooper because he's a big-time playmaker. He deserves that football. Stevie Mack says something. It's basically turning into a Linehan situation again, which is where I disagree, but I understand the feeling. Kenneth Fraser goes with nothing, really. Uh, Stacy says Cooper is a number one receiver, and it should go through him. Dak just panics when he gets the ball. I disagree with that last part of the comment, but hey, I agree with Stacy. He's the number one wide receiver, and he the, the offense should go through him a lot of the time. Shane Carter says, why would you pay $20 million for a Ferrari if you're just going to use it to take the kids to school? Shout out to Shane Carter, ADC Sports writer, uh, covering the Cowboys as well. Peter goes with nothing. Team says nothing. Les says, is the offense staggering because Dak or the O-line? And I think it wouldn't be fair to put it 100% of any of these two parties. But I would say that it is mostly maybe, I feel like right now it is, I don't want to say play calling. I don't, I, don't want it, I don't want this to sound like I'm making excuses for the players because I believe that they're not executing as they should either. But right now, my biggest frustrations with this Cowboys offense come from the coaching side. But I'm also very frustrated with execution. And that includes Dak Prescott and that includes the receivers, and that includes uh, sometimes even the running backs. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But I would say that I would put Dak Prescott low on that list or at least lower than most, which brings us to the topic of tonight's show. Five resolutions. I'm calling it the Cowboys playoff resolutions. Five things that this offense must do to get back in track in the playoffs. We will dive in. Let me know your thoughts in each and every one of these. Make sure you tell me what you think over at Facebook, over at YouTube. Let me know what you think about these five things that I believe the Cowboys offense must do to get back in track for the playoffs. I'm not sure if they will implement them in week 18. I'm not sure how aggressive they will be because they're talking about playing starters. I'm not sure how many of them they will actually play or if they do, how long will they stay on that football field? Uh, Dallas Young says, I think we all agree in its 10 targets per game. The number of targets that Cooper is getting is ridiculously low. I, I do believe that. Randall says, last time Cooper did this, he had a great game. That is true. Versus the Washington football team. One of the best games for the Cowboys offense. What is up, Joey Vela, saying I've been missing your shows, but I rewatched them. Thank you to Joey. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you ever miss any of these shows, you can also listen to them after the stream over on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have the ADC Sports Podcast. Jason Renfro providing us scoreboard updates for the Dallas Mavericks. Thank you to Jason. I appreciate that as well. All right, let's get to it. My number one wish for this Cowboys offense 
It is something that is maybe obvious. A lot of people are thinking about it. But shout out to John Owning, Owning, who had a great tweet on his social media this morning, actually. Less screen passes. That is my number one wish. And look at this number from John. The Cowboys are actually a top 10 offense when playing screen passes, when calling screen passes. They're the number ninth offense in EPA in that regard. But they have been number 23 in the NFL over the last four weeks. And I would assume that this is the Cowboys maybe reaching a little bit more than they could <laughs> to the screen back, to the screen passes back, you know? It seems to me like it has gotten to the point in which they are telegraphing their screen passes. Think about that play that Buda Baker almost picked off from Dak Prescott. Let's not make any mistake about this, by the way. Buda Baker literally didn't pick off Dak Prescott on that screen pass because he overran the ball. Like he read that play so well that when the ball hits his hands, Buda Baker is way past it. And that is why he couldn't keep the interception. They're telegraphing these plays, I believe. I would like to see less of them. And I actually asked John about this. I'm trying to find his response. But I, I so I'm going to show you the numbers once again. Over the last four weeks, the Cowboys ranked 23rd in EPA. And they have been successful in only 20% of their screen passes attempts. That ranks 31st in the NFL. And man, that is a very low number. And then I asked John how frequently were they actually calling these cream passes. And I was interesting by his, interested by his response because he says over the last four weeks, they have been the fourth most, uh, they have had the fourth most screen passes in the NFL while in the first in the in in the total for the year excuse me they were number 12 in the NFL so that would be number one on my list let's have less screen passes Dallas Jones says I like screens but we run them too much that might be the problem that definitely might be the problem and hey I love some of the uh, of the concepts that Kellen Moore has liked to use But but when you have a tight end that you have thrown to only six times this season and another one that you have thrown to only two times this season and you light them up in the right side of the field with Sean, with Connor McGovern, that is screaming screen pass because defenses are not going to respect Jeremy Sprinkle and Sean McKeon because they have eight combined targets in the entire year. And we talked about this a little bit last night but we can tie it together to this topic as well with screen passes. They're not going to be scared about that. And Buda Baker clearly knew what was up when they lined up that way. Uh, Jimmy should be in the ring of honors as barrel killer two or three times. Didn't expect that on this, on this uh, particular episode, but I agree with Burl. Jimmy Johnson should definitely be in the ring of honor. It is kind of insulting that he isn't actually. Jason says the cards telegraphed someplace and they didn't take advantage and make plays on them. Tommy says no more runs to the A-gap. Call plays to get Tony Pollard out of the perimeter. And I will talk about Pollard in just a few moments. Now, number two. My number two wish to get the offense back on track. And hey, we talked about this 
last night. I'm going to actually use the same uh, graphic for those of you who didn't catch the show live. But number two, more 12 personnel. I'm not going to go in-depth in this episode to these numbers, but just really quickly, in the first eight weeks of the season, they used 12 personnel 32% of the time. And look at those numbers, 5.7 yards per carry, 9.4 yards per attempt, with a success rate of 58%. They were efficient when using 12 personnel. They lost Blake Jarwin, and that efficiency was clearly lost. At least it was part of it. But I want to see more, more 12 personnel from the Cowboys, because since week nine, they have only used it 20% of the time. And I believe that now that you have lost Michael Gallup for the season, and now that you're getting Blake Jarwin back, this is the time to start using more 12 personnel. So I think it is one of the things that the Cowboys could actually do in order to make the running game bounce back. So more 12 personnel, that is one of the things that I'm really, really insisting in social media. We talked about this last night. We dedicated actually the entire episode to talk about how Blake Darwin helped this offense out. And you can check it out yourselves if you didn't catch it live last night. But that is one of the biggest things for me. Shane says with Blake Jarwin back, uh, teams would have to expect to respect 12 personnel more than McKeon or Sprinkle. That is 100% right because you can line 86, you can, uh, excuse me, 84 or 87 together and or Dalton Schultz in one of these guys, defenses, again, they know you're not going to target them because you haven't. Uh, me too, says Adria. Thank you, Adria, for being here. Uh, Randall says, I agree. I knew the Cardinals were going to fake punt. It was very obvious, says Modelo Time. Not going to lie. They caught me off guard. I didn't expect them. I was surprised by, by the fake punt. I actually had to rewind the game while watching live because I was guilty of picking to, um, over to my phone and tweet something, and then I saw that they had actually faked the punt. Legend has it, says Burner account, late at night in the star. You can still hear Jason Garrett clapping. <laughs> that is a good one, Burner. That is a good one, actually. Number three, more play action. Before I give you the number, think, like, tell me a number, or, or you don't have to tell me. Just think about the number that you think, where do the Dallas Cowboys rank in the NFL in usage of play action, in play action rate. Do you think they're a top 15 team in play action rate? Do you think they're top 10? Do you think maybe they're bottom 12 in the NFL? I'm going to tell you, just I want, you to, give, I want to give you some time to get an idea by yourself. But the Dallas Cowboys have used play action only 20.5% of the time. They're 21st in the NFL in play action rate. I got to tell you, though, disclaimer, I didn't include sacks. So this is just pass attempts divided by pass attempts in play action plays. The league average is 22.4. They rank 21st in the NFL in play action rate. I really don't understand that because play action doesn't only help you in the passing game. It actually helps you out in the running game, too. I am very surprised by the fact that the Cowboys rank this low in play action. I remember that we talked about it earlier in the season, but I thought that they had increased their uh, play action snaps. Turns out they didn't. 20.5%, that is below league average. That ranks 21st. 
And I knew that a lot of people were maybe going to, to have that idea. Peggy goes, went with 10. Joey got, went with top 10 as well. I sort of expected them to be maybe 15th, 16th in the league. But no, they're 21st right now. Peter Gwent with bottom 12. RB Nightmares said uh, 23rd in the league. Top 10 said Kenneth Fraser. Yeah, it was definitely something that imp impressed me as well or, or caught me off guard. Tommy says they can do play action if they don't run the ball. However, however, listen to this, guys. We have stats, year-over-year -year statistics that prove to us that you don't need to establish the run for play action to work. Like teams that, that, for example, run a lot of play action in the first quarter without first establishing the run. Play action works even when you're not running the ball efficiently. Of course, it will work out even if you're not insisting a lot on the run. Of course, you need to run the ball better. And if you are a better running team, you will get better results off of play action. But I actually believe that play action will help the Cowboys running game, not only the passing game. It's just changing things up and showing different stop, uh, stuff to the defense. Now, Dallas Junkies on point here. Dak is a lead on play action. We need more of it, especially with Jarwin back and Gallup out. That is Dallas Junk in the YouTube chat. And I think that he's spot on. Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in play fakes. He's not lazy. He, I remember Nate Tice, former Wisconsin quarterback. He is um, over there in the athletic football show. A few weeks ago, he described Dak Prescott as a robot because of his techniques and the way that he has his mechanics all tied up and very, very good with his mechanics. So hopefully we see more of that. Number three, my number three, which... In the my number three wish in the for the playoffs, what I want to see more from this Cowboys offense. This is maybe a little bit more specific. Wanted to share it with you. Ironically, I will show you a snapshot of a negative play for the Cowboys. I will show you a snapshot of the play in which Dak Prescott was sacked in third and eleven by Buda Baker. A lot of people have has this uh, have discussed this play in particular because it was a great play from the Cardinals. They showed seven men in the line of scrimmage. They rushed only four. One of them was the slot cornerback. They had DB types rushing Dak Prescott, and they did a tremendous job. The Cardinals did. However, I want more seven-man protection. This is the play that I'm talking about. This ended up being a Budavaker sack. He was isolated with Tony Pollard, and Pollard didn't stand a chance versus Budavaker. But I still want to see more of this. I want to see more seven-man protection. So that is five offensive linemen up front, one tight end, one running back, players that can actually release into routes after checking for potential blocks in case the defense blitzes. But this opens up a lot of interesting passing concepts for, for the Cowboys' offense. And with Blake Jarwin back, you can have two receiving tight ends released from routes and really force opposing defenses into difficult matchups because this kind of movements, like for example, if you have a tight end lined up wide and then you motion him into the backfield, it can create a lot of confusion for opposing defenses. And right now that is something that 
we feel like the Cowboys offense might be lacking a little bit. So yeah, number four for me is more seven-man protection. And I know it's ironic to use that picture because that is coming from a negative play. But I believe that the Cowboys have been using more uh, seven-man protection. And this, of course, opens up a lot of possibilities in the deep game. You have seven-man protection, you're going to have more opportunities to have shot plays, maybe 20 yards, 15 yards, things like that. Kenneth says, yes, I agree. We really need to clean up our act for real. Burner account says, but if you don't have a blocking tight end, adapt them. Don't keep trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Uh, for sure, but Dalton is no blocker at all. At all, says Beryl Keeler. Dallas Junk says, when were y'all going to tell me Jaron Kears is on the injury report and might not play? He is dealing with a hamstring injury. We're going to get to that. Actually, we are. No linebackers. I know we think of Jaron Kears as a, as a safety, but he's a linebacker type too. So we'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> but first, number five, and this is just a quick one because we have discussed it plenty of times already, but simply more Tony Pollard. I don't... Bob Storm from The Athletic put out an interesting stat a few days ago, and I'm going to break your hearts here, but the Cowboys are... Ah, 32nd, 32nd. I'm not talking about bottom 12. I'm talking about bottom one, 32nd, the worst team in the NFL in yards per carry in first down. That is your Cowboys offense, ladies and gentlemen. The team that has Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, uh, most recently, well, they got Tyron Smith back. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Tony Pollard. Dak Prescott, even like a passing attack that defenses should kind of fear. And still, the Cowboys rank 32nd in rushing yards per attempt in first down. That was a painful stat to, to learn about. I, didn't, I really didn't learn about it until maybe I think it was yesterday or the day before that. So that gets me to my number five wish my final playoff resolution for the Cowboys, more Tony Pollard. Let's get more Tony Pollard involved. He cannot have three carries versus the Cardinals, two of them coming in the same drive. I think that Pollard really opens up a lot of stuff for the Cowboys. And I'm not even saying that he should be running back one for the Cowboys because I think that Ezekiel Elliott is maybe the better power back. He is definitely the better blocker. But get Pollard more involved. We know that the Cowboys like to run into the A-gap a lot. We know that Pollard is maybe the guy to open up the outside running game. But don't even marry one of, uh, each of these running backs to those concepts. Like, bury it up. Three carries was upsetting, says Joey Vela. It really was because even though it was a frustrating game, it wasn't like the Cowboys had to abandon the running game completely. They had to hurry a little bit more. I would, I would, I would have liked to see more tempo from them. Peggy says, what about Elliot's knee? Yeah, that's part of it too. He has been dealing with that knee injury. He has been a full participant in practice this week. Tony Pollard, by the way, has been in the injury report too, a foot injury. So maybe week 18 versus the Eagles to say Corey Clement second half. We'll see about that. Pollard should be the running back one, says Tommy. And I know that's like a, an ongoing debate maybe among Cowboys Nation. But even if you don't make him the running back one, get him more involved. Maybe 
get closer to 50-50, a 50-50 split in running back carries. Burner account says, why is Pollard not starting? And tell me it's not Jerry getting in the way. Here's my take on Tony Pollard, to be honest. I think that he's a great running back. I think he's not starting because I believe Ezekiel Elliott is the most patient running back between these two. I believe that Pollard sometimes when running inside can get a little bit impatient maybe. And he's he has uh, Ezekiel Elliott has better vision and he's clearly the better blocker. I know that we like to, I know we're frustrated with six results. I don't think that the Cowboys offense is better off with uh, Tony Pollard maybe being running back one in its entirety. I think they are better off with a 50-50 split, to be honest. However, then there's this. Ryan says, let's not fool anyone. Pollard is the better back overall. Breaks more tackles, makes more people miss. That might be true too. But Sick is better in pass protection Sick has better vision, and I would say that he is more patient. Elliot is doing better with that knee braces, Kenneth Fraser. That is true as well. But anyways, let's move on. Uh, just a quick update that I wanted to give you guys in the news before we get to one cool thing. For those of you who are new, we every every Wednesday night, we have one cool thing in which I share my one cool thing. You guys share yours. It can be something personal, something from, uh, from the, your family, something from your work, something professional, whatever you want to share with us. We'll get into that in a few moments. But before, just a quick news update regarding the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Parsons placing the COVID-19 list. His status is in doubt versus the Eagles. Don't be surprised if he is declared out pretty soon. We'll see. Uh, Jaron Pierce also dealing with an injury. This puts the Cowboys in quite a bit of a rough spot because Keanu Neal is being activated from the COVID-19 list. But who is going to play linebacker for the Cowboys? They're running out of linebackers. I believe before Keanu Neal's activation today, you only had Parsons in the 53-man roster, Van Der Esch, and Luke Gifford. So we might see a lot of backup defenders this Saturday versus the Eagles. I don't know if we will see a lot of backups in, in on offense, but I believe that we will see a lot of backups on defense. And don't be surprised if the Cowboys reach over to the practice squad, try to bring up some linebackers and try to get some bodies to finish out the season. More than anything, because the Eagles are not likely to play starters. So I, I'm kind of expecting the starters to play in the first quarter, in the second quarter, maybe the entire first half, maybe they're pulled out earlier. Like if you have two successful drives on offense, I believe that they're just going to pull the starters back and just mass up the, the backups, right? They can activate Bond from the practice squad. That is 100% what I would expect. Uh, Dallas Junctions play Gifford versus the Eagles and see what he's got. It sucks that Jabril Cox is injured. It really does suck. Like, this would have been the perfect time to see that fourth-round rookie linebacker that we were all very excited about. Joey Bella says, Michael, think I finally got to catch you live this week. Shout-out to Joey. Thank you for being here in the chat. So, let's go. What is your one cool thing of the week? Let me know in the chat, whether it is something personal, something professional, something from your family. What is your one cool thing of the week? I usually do this, and I'm doing it again this week. 
I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to share two cool things. <laughs> what is your one cool thing of the week? Some of these comments, man. Some of these comments. <laughs> Mo with the neck roll and a paint. Take the mic, Mo. <laughs> Let's go. I can yell. I, that that is like if I had if I have one skill set that I could maybe show off by playing Mike linebacker, it would be just me yelling out loud and making noise. And that is maybe my one skill that I could share from a Mike linebacker spot. Kenneth Fraser says, my one cool thing is being able to be here live with you, Mauricio, and discussing our football team. Thank you to Kenneth Fraser. $99 from Charlene Evans is pretty cool, Mo. That is definitely like the number one cool thing. I'm actually going to say three. My number one cool thing is that, but also Barrel Killer's donation and, of course, uh, Burner Account's donation as well. Thank you, guys, and thank you for being here always in this show. Uh, let's see here. Julian Webb says, I am excited to see how Dak plays in the cold weather because he struggles to throw the ball in the cold weather. Some of his worst games have come in cold weathers. Peggy says, my one cool thing, not getting COVID-19 from MT Patients. That definitely is cool. That definitely is a win. AJ Torres says, son back in school tomorrow, sleeping time. Peter Rizzo says, my grandson, who is four, is spending the week with Papa and Nana. Hey, that is cool. Definitely is. My one cool thing is the maps are beating G Golden State uh, burner account. My one cool thing is I am thankful I got to see Dallas win a title in my life. Here we go. My one cool thing is, and I'm going to start. I'm going to start with this one. I really need to start with this one. This is from Twitter, and I found it. Uh, some of you follow Matt Owen. He is a contributor for Cowboys Wire, data scientist. Really tweets out some interesting stats. I recommend you follow him. But man, this tweet made my day this morning. This is his son, and this is what Matt Owen tweeted out. I'm going to read it for the podcast audience as well. Last year, my six-year-old broke his leg at football practice a few days before Dak's injury. He said that Dak and him were going to heal together. This year, he moved to middle linebacker and helped his team on a playoff run. Today, he got his first Dak Prescott t-shirt. How about that story, man? Like, that is one of those things that really reminds you what sports are all about. He said that Dak and him were going to heal together. Imagine that. Shout out to Matt Owen's son. Congratulations on bouncing back from injury. The true comeback player of the year. It's not Dak Prescott. It's not Joe Varro. It's this guy right here. Mike. Mike Linebacker. Like, I'm not saying his name is Mike, by the way. I'm saying he plays Mike, helped his team in a playoff run. What a legend. Shout out to Matt Owen's son. And, of course, to Matt Owen himself because, hey, that's parenting done right. Shout out to him, and you can follow him at Professor O's uh, underscore NFL. That definitely, we had to share that. On, I had to reach out to Matt Owen and tell him like, hey, I need to share this with, with the primetime audience on the One Cool Thing segment. And I will also share with you one uh, ADC Sports School thing. This tweet came out on Sunday before the games. ADC Sports in general, not like the Dallas side only, but the Nashville area uh, side and the Kansas City side as well. 14 million website hits in 2021. 
Boom, let's go. I'm excited about that too. I'm excited about what's to come for ADC Sports. We really have a great team. Uh, there's a lot of people that maybe you don't catch uh, behind the scenes or maybe you have not followed ADC Sports Nashville, but it's such a great team in general to be a part of ADC Sports. Excited about it. And my one cool thing of the week is this. 14 plus million website hits in 2021. Let's go get some more in 2022. And in case you haven't, make sure you check out adcsports.com uh, too. Let's read some more cool things before we go here. Uh, Fernando Quintana says, how about AT&T Stadium as a possible spot to host the Super Bowl? Yeah, seems to be the plan B for the NFL. In case you missed that news, the, the NFL is low-key concerned about the cases in California. So they're getting ready to... They're getting ready to have plan Bs, and it seems like NTT Stadium is a possible spot to fall back to. Let's see. My one cool thing. Uh, I read this once. Stevie Max says, I had a huge Q-tip chopped up my nose, and the nurse didn't even buy me dinner before they did it. So Stevie Mac, those COVID tests, they're tough. It's my oldest daughter's birthday, says Stephen White, number 22. And I'm guessing that she's turning 22. I'm 22 years old. That is so cool. Randall says, I have two cool things. I'm still healthy and safe from COVID-19. Second, I'm still getting married later this year. Let's go, Randall. That definitely one cool thing and something I would to bring up just about every week. Tommy says, one cool thing. I started a Facebook page, a Facebook Cowboys page, True Blue Fanatics. Check it out. So you guys heard it here on Primetime. Go check out True Blue Fanatics. Congratulations to Tommy as an Facebook Cowboys page owner myself. I can tell you that is definitely one cool thing. You can play linebacker this weekend. It's perfect. Yeah, we're definitely signing uh, Matt Owen's son to the Cowboys 53-man roster. Stacy Brown says, fishing with my kids. Joey goes with, finally got to see the Cowboys play live this year versus Carolina. It was awesome. So, hey, thank you guys for sharing your one cool things with me. Definitely is something very, uh, it's something that I love doing on this show. Dallas Young closing it out with saying, uh, got me some new wheels for my truck. Also a one cool thing. So thank you guys. Thank you for joining me on tonight's show. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Tomorrow night, Thursday episode of Primetime. Interesting one because we have been doing betting the Cowboys all season long, and I really don't know how to bet this game because we really don't know who who plays or who doesn't play. Hey, interesting, interesting scenario for the betting world. I want to bet the first half, but I see the first half spreads are closed in a lot of sports books. Don't really know how to proceed here, but I will let you know tomorrow night on betting the Cowboys, game prediction and stuff like that. Thank you guys, Stevie Mac, with the, giving out crazy suggestions. I'm taken. I'm taken, of course. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for joining the show. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Smash that like button for me. Share the show. And if you're new to primetime, make sure you subscribe to our various social media. Let's go, guys. Thank you.